Welcome to Faith and Freedom. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to stand up for faith and freedom as we discuss victories and challenges in the courts, in public policy, and in the culture. Faith and Freedom is brought to you by Liberty Council, a litigation, education, and policy organization. Join us now as we address the latest cultural issues across America and around the world. A religious employment discrimination case at the Supreme Court could overturn bad precedent. We're going to be talking about this on Faith and Freedom. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Joining me is Holly Mead. You know, Matt, as you know, this case was about a Christian postal worker, Gerald Groff, who was put in the position he had to resign from the Postal Service rather than be fired because they refused his religious accommodation request not to work on Sundays. Yes, the USPS, United States Postal Service, originally did accommodate his request to work on uh, other days except for Sunday and to have off Sunday in accordance with his Christian faith. In fact, he was willing to do double shifts and whatever it took six days a week, but they would not accommodate him on Sunday. And they would not accommodate him after they got a contract with Amazon. And Amazon wanted the postal company to work and deliver on Sundays. And so the USPS, the United States Postal Service, changed, and they said, okay, in accordance with that, we're going to require everyone to work on Sunday. So he came back and he said, I can't work on Sunday. You've already accommodated me. That's how I uh, began my employment. I cannot work on Sunday. That would contrast uh, with my religious convictions. I'll work on any other day. I'll work on another day. Mm -hmm. I'll shift out with other people. No problem. They said no. Uh, work on Sunday, or you're terminated. So he resigned rather than violate his sincere religious beliefs. So he went to court, filed suit, and the lower courts ruled against him. Why? Because there's a 1977 case called Transworld Airlines versus Hardison. And in that particular case, the case reviewed Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Now, Title VII, passed in 1964 as part of the Civil Rights Act, states that an employer cannot discriminate on the basis of certain categories against its employees. Race, so you can't discriminate on the basis of race. You can't discriminate on the basis of sex. Uh, and you can't discriminate on the basis of religion. Now, if you have a situation like this where you have an employment policy or practice, that does discriminate against you on the basis of race, sex, or religion, the process is to um, come to your employer and let them know. Mm -hmm. And then the employer needs to address that through some form of accommodation, particularly in the context of religion. So here, what he did was he has a sincere religious belief not to work on Sunday. They say you have to work on Sunday. He comes to the employer and says, I can't work on Sunday because of this policy. Now it's forcing me to work on Sunday. Can you accommodate me? And here's some options. I mean, he even transferred to a different postal branch, I believe, in the beginning in order to accommodate that. And then they so, changed. So, yeah, what happened was they said no. Yeah, they said no. And they said no because of this 1977 case. And the lower courts upheld them. Because what did this 1977 case do? It lowered the bar for religious discrimination in mm -hmm. the context of employment. It said that employers don't have to 
accommodate somebody if doing so is a, quote, undue hardship, close quote. Right. Well, what's an undue hardship? They said it's a de minimis standard. In other words, even if they have to have a very minimal effort, a minimal expenditure, and if they can show that, they can continue to discriminate against somebody on the basis of religion. Right, and we filed an amicus brief asking the high court specifically to overrule that undue burden de minimis standard from the Hardison case and restore Title VII protection against religious discrimination to its intended role in America's framework. Yeah, because that's not in the statute. That word uh, is not in the statute. And so what happened is in 1977, remember this is the decade of the Roe versus Wade. Mm -hmm. Just a few years earlier, 1973, this activist court of the 70s issued Roe versus Wade. That's the most uh, unbelievable, uh, unconstitutional decision you could imagine. So now you have the 70s court coming to religion in 1964 Civil Rights Act, and they, they dilute it so that religion is treated completely different than discrimination on the basis of race or sex. Quite a difference when, when you have an activist court. Yeah, and so from 1977 to the present, a lot of people have lost their claims because of this 1977 case because employers come forth and they say, well, that's just, I've got to, yeah, I, I, I can't really accommodate you because it would um, violate the de minimis standard. I have to expend some minimal, minimal cost in order to accommodate you. And so the employer wins and the employee loses in that case. But at this particular situation, you know, during the oral arguments, uh, Groff's attorney uh, said that regarding the TWA versus Hardison case, it set a bad precedent and that the de minimis test undermines Title VII's promise to employees uh, that they should not be forced to choose between their job or their faith. I mean, granted, this is the Postal Service. It's not like they have one employee. You know, it's no. not. I mean, they obviously could accommodate. Yes. Yeah, and this is the United States Postal Service. Right. They can obviously accommodate. Uh, but for so many years, uh, the courts have been operating under this bad precedent. So what uh, Just Justice Neil Gorsuch uh, said to the Solicitor General arguing on behalf of the Biden administration He said that the de minimis standard, or de minimis, he says, is not the law. He's right. Hmm. Since uh, no one was defending. In fact, interestingly, obviously the plaintiffs in this case, Groff's case, and the United States, they did not defend the de minimis standard, which is interesting. Hmm. Yet that is what the courts operate under because of this 1977 Supreme Court ruling. And he said, Gorsuch says, De minimis is not the law since no one is defending it and that the lower courts have used it out of proportion. He says, quote, I think there's common ground, too, that de minimis can't be the test in isolation, at least because Congress doesn't pass civil rights legislation to have de minimis effect. Right. Uh, He says we don't think of the civil rights laws as uh, trifling, which is the definition of de minimis. It's been a serious misunderstanding. Not all courts, but some courts have taken this de minimis language and run with it and say anything more than a trifling will get the employer out of any concerns here. And that's wrong, and we all agree that's wrong. So I think what they're going to do is 
certainly uh, overturn, if not the entire case, hopefully uh, substantially reverse that case and bring this uh, Title VII back to its original language. You know, it's interesting because Justice Alito said was really struck by the Solicitor General's claim that Hardison properly protects religious exercise. He said, I'm really struck by that because we have amicus briefs here by many representatives of many minority religions, Muslims, Hindus, Orthodox Jews, Seventh-day Adventists, and they all say that it's just not true and that Hardison has violated their right to religious liberty. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah, and uh, so, you know, (laughs) amazingly, uh, Justice Amy Coney Barrett stated, we have an amicus brief from Americans for Separation of Church and State saying that Hardison was wrong. That's amazing. Uh, Yes. To be clear, de minimis doesn't mean trifling costs. Justice Barrett went on to suggest that the case be returned to the lower courts, advising that they had been led astray by imprecise language. So I think they're signaling this is going to be a good decision. I think uh, they will reverse this case. Now, how far they will go, we don't know. Um, You know, Justice uh, Kagan and Jackson, the new uh, justice on the Supreme Court, uh, touched on the legal principle of stare decisis, a practice of adhering to previous court precedents. Mm. And uh, they said that we've said over and over that when there's a statute involved, rather than the Constitution, stare decisis is at its peak. Uh, for decades, this has been the rule. Congress has had the opportunity to change it. Congress has not done so. Uh, you count on like a finger how many times we have overruled a statutory ruling in that context. So in other words, she said, well, yeah, I know it's not part of the law. But Congress hasn't changed it, so let's just keep it going the way it's been. The fact of the matter is, it's not part of the law. The 1977 case was wrongly decided. And it does viol- it. violate the Constitution. And it, and it really undermines the the not only the statute, but people's religious freedom. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that, for example, in the... Uh, vaccine mandate cases. So this will be a big case for some of our cases that we're arguing with regards to the uh, vaccine mandate issues. For more information, go to Liberty Council's website, lc.org. That's lc.org. You've been listening to Faith and Freedom, brought to you by Liberty Council. We hope that we have motivated you to stand up for your faith, family, and freedom. Visit Liberty Council's website at lc.org where you can obtain email alerts and other information to keep you informed and involved. You can also call us at 407-875-1776. The website again, lc.org.